Welcome to the Red Lighters podcast. In this podcast, we discuss topics that can be life-transforming while delivering a message of hope. This is part two of our discussion in prayer. Enjoy. Okay, I'm just thinking out loud because everyone's making good points, but I feel like right now the conversation is like, is meditation prayer? Mm-hmm. Right? That's kind of where I'm feeling right now at the moment between you and mom. And mom's disagreeing, but no, but this is the thought I'm having is that and I was I had I had flipped to it before we started, but first Thessalonians where it talks about pray without ceasing. How can we pray without ceasing? And you know what I mean? How can you separate meditation from prayer? Because like right now Gio's Gio had a book that said meditation is not prayer. And I was like, wow, that's deep. But I was like, I don't I don't know if I get that fully. And then I see the verse that says, pray without ceasing. So isn't meditating on his word? Because in Psalms, that says medi- they meditate on his word day and night. So if we're meditating on his word day and night, but then we're also supposed to pray without ceasing, how can you do one without the, like, how can you separate them if it's a continual thing on both ends? Do, me, do you understand what I'm answer saying? That one? Okay. No, it's not a question. Yeah. It's Well, it's a kind of a question, well, but it's med- also like a thought. Meditation is more, for me, meditation is where, if I read a scripture or a verse, right, I take that verse and I think on it. Mm-hmm. I think on it. And at the same time, there's times I'll ask God about it, right? Or or, or I'll stay quiet and just wait for the Holy Spirit to just mm-hmm. give me a revelation of what I just read. But there's times throughout the day where a scripture will stay in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I'll think on that throughout the day, right? It'll just stand out and like, wow, you know, Lord. And then... Mm-hmm. At the same time, it can lead me into prayer, right? Um, praying without ceasing, the best person that I can use in as, as an example is, what was that statement that Wigglesworth would say that he says he doesn't go, he, he won't oh, pray. he doesn't for, pray every hour, but he doesn't let an hour go by with, without praying. Exactly. But he's going throughout the whole day with just talking to God. So throughout the day, he always had one ear to God, right? One ear to heaven and and one e- and the other ear to everything that was going around him, right? But he was constantly communion with, communioning with God throughout his day. It's kind of like you see that person, sometimes you think they're weird, but they're the ones talking to themselves as they're walking down the street, yeah. having conversation. I kind of picture that if you think about it. Or know? more like what uh, Gio said in the beginning, when you fall in love with the person, she goes off to work, he goes off to work, but you don't stop thinking about yeah. that person. And you're constantly longing to be, have that alone time with there, that one that's person. That's a good example. Yeah. Yes. So yes, it's exactly. like falling in love and having that, it never goes away. Right. right. Mm-hmm. There you go. But I, I think we uh, have a lot of different, interpretations of meditation we think sometimes just being quiet we call that meditating if we're thinking about him Mm -hmm. in the bible days when they said meditate Mm -hmm. they meant to mutter and mutter means to repeat to yourself softly so you could hear Mm -hmm. and it embeds that truth of what you're saying Mm -hmm. into your almost your unconscious mind that it becomes something that you totally believe in Mm -hmm. that's why in joshua it says um Keep this book of the law always on my lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Uh, Then you will be prosperous and successful. So that's just something that they did. So that's like a biblical uh, definition of meditation. So we have a lot of different 
Like I, you could ask 10 people what meditation is. You're probably going to get at least six, seven answers mm-hmm. because everyone kind of packages, mm-hmm. packages it. Their well, own other way. religions use it, no? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes they don't want to call it prayer. They'll just right. say meditate. Right. You know, but it's at the end of the day, it's probably still a form of prayer mm-hmm. by the activity that's taking place. I, I agree with the, like, it's a form of prayer. Because Drew said, like, that's all the book said, but afterwards. <laughs> that's the phrase that's That's now. the phrase. But it says, meditation is not prayer, but it is necessary foundation. It brings to mind the truths that God has revealed. There you go. We should be conversant not only with all the mysteries of Jesus Christ and the truths of his gospel, but also with everything they ought to operate in us for our regeneration. We should be colored and penetrated by them as wool is by the dye. So familiar should they become to us that in consequence of seeing them all at all times and even ever near to us, we may acquire the habit of forming no judgment except in their light, so that they may be to us our only guide in matters of practice as the rays of the sun are our only light in matters of perception. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think it's a form of prayer, meditation. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, you yeah, know, exactly. words I feel like can just throw us off, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and I think... One thing that if if this is a picture to help people um, see and value and realize that, like we mentioned earlier, that there's a longing to have a relationship with your creator. If this picture can help in some way, um, I'm going to share it right now. And the picture would be uh, a child that's connected to the mother through an umbilical cord. That umbilical cord, I know it sounds weird, but that's the lifeline to that baby. And if we realize that prayer is a lifeline to us and Father, Mm -hmm. and and we don't want to get disconnected, we want to remain getting everything he has for us so that we could develop and be the, the mature men and women that he's called us to be and to do what he's asked us to do, we have to realize that that has to be a part of our lives. You can't turn around and, and just put that on the shelf and go through the activity that Christians or church people go through and think that you're, you're, you're going to be growing. Maybe you will intellectually, but that's about it. Right. Prayer is what, what solidifies everything you learn to become applicable. I wanted to ask also if you is it important how long you pray? See, and I and I mentioned this because I've heard children pray. Um, and I'll share this really quickly if Nick ever hears this. But Nick used to, when we started going to church, he was about eight years old. And he would come to the table and be like, Thank you, Jesus, for my macaroni. And then just walk away. And I was like, <laughs> that is so cute. But because we didn't know about prayer. I didn't know how to pray. We didn't know about prayer. But for him to go to the table and say, and it was always that at night, he would go to bed and like, thank you, Jesus, for my macaroni. I'm like, he loved macaroni. (laughs) But I always thought that is so cute. And then one day um, I was hearing Joyce Myers years later after that. And she said, it doesn't matter how long you pray, she said. She said, as long as you can and you do pray. She said that her son would look at her mom, the mom was sick, and he would put her hand on her and say, Jesus, please heal mommy. And that was it. It was as simple as that. And I know there's something in the Bible that says something about praying in how long. I haven't found it yet, but I'm sure it's there. But I'm posing the question out to the group. Is how long you pray as important as praying? I think it has a lot, a lot to do with the, your your reason or purpose for praying, mm-hmm. because there's sometimes where I feel like it requires a time 
not, not so much that it has to have a time limit, but it's going to re require some wrestling on the inside to press through and to kind of pre bring it to God and to get that burden, whatever it is, that's real heavy on your heart and transfer it over to Father. Right. But on the other side, I think if you're in a constant communication with him, yeah. sometimes you don't have to over talk because you're always in conversation with him. Mm -hmm. So I think you could look at both times. That's why I think, you know, there's going to be times where it could just be this, this way on, you know, and then sometimes it could be the other side where it becomes like, hey, I need to go lock myself in the room. Please don't interrupt me for a little while. Mm -hmm. One of those times. Mm -hmm. It just, I think, depends on on you know what's on your heart and what what the topic is right. but i think that those uh small simple potent prayers that you know somebody could share right. like if you're praying for somebody to heal somebody and and you're you know that you got you're clothed with god you spent time and you your relationship is so tight with god i don't think that it actually requires as many words as we think no right. exactly right. yeah so, <laughs> we both. Well, real quick, real quick, because real quick, because it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just thinking that about Jesus because I'm like he spent just like Miles Romero. He's like he spent hours with God and moments with man, yeah. and you see the fruit of what would happen when he would spend all night in prayer. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, not even just prayer, but conversation with his father. And then when he would come to the people and he would pray, he would say a simple word, "Get out" or "Flee," and they would just run. Yeah. So there is, I think the. Not the not the longer, but how it says pray without ceasing the quality, but the conversation. If you keep the conversation going, and you honestly spend more time with him, because just like we always go back to husband and wife, if you only spend 10, 20 minutes with your spouse every day or every other day, do you really think you're going to be as intimate with him? Right. So it's there is, I believe, a requirement for time spent alone with him for him to mold you and shape you and even just to instill that character of him in you. So when you walk out into the world, you're reflecting him and you can move as he would move. But I do think it requires to be set apart, to be consecrated to him alone. I agree with everything you're saying, but I also want to add this more though. And I think this, Jesus knew who he was. He knew his authority he knew who his father was. He knew what his purpose was. And I believe that if we don't know our identity, if we don't know who we are, right, and whose we are, and we don't understand the authority that we have here on earth over the devil, mm -hmm. over every situation, right, you're going to be praying till you're black and blue in the face right. and feel like you don't have, you're not going anywhere with it. And sometimes we have to step back and make sure not only is your relationship where it should be that quality time, 100%, I agree with you on that one. But in part, I believe that you have to know who you are and you have to stand in that authority. And when you get to a place like with a child, a child is so innocent. They're not full of all the junk we are that we, you know, they haven't gone through life. They're just right. touching it. They're just scratching the surface of life. So they don't have not a worry in the world in them. So when we share with them, oh, the word of God, and we instill that in them, guess what? They're going to grab it and run with it. And they believe the simplest little form. Thank you for my macaroni or in Jesus name, um, take the sickness away and boom, they get healed. It's because they're, they, they believe they're not doubting. They believe what mommy and daddy shared with me, but they're having their own experience with God 
apart from what we teach them, but it's that, it's that authority, knowing that the word of God, it's, it's the truth, right? It, it's the inspired, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit given to us. But when we take that, right, and come with what you just said and apply, okay, now I know who I am and whose I am, and you stand in that authority, right? We don't always have to pray these long prayers. We can constantly just, it's, it's almost like, I know that I'm trying to find another word other than abide, but when you're abiding, when you're daily walking in Christ and he's a reflection in you because of that time you spend with him and that separation, but as well, taking his truth and applying it and knowing that this is, this is the authority. This is a power that God has given me through his Holy Spirit, right? And knowing that my father right? Will give me the desires of my heart according to his will. Yeah. But all of what you're saying comes with spending time with him mm-hmm. in prayer and in his word. Yes, like you said, but, the but, word and the prayer go hand in but hand. But if it's a new believer just starting to pray, they don't know that. And, no. and they don't know who they are. They're still learning yeah, I know, their but identity. But that's why you say separate yourself with the Lord, read his word, know what he says. Right. And right. in doing that, and then you hand that, you, you go hand in hand with prayer. I believe right. you start to become molded to his and, word. And that's what I said. I said it in combination with that, Miha. <laughs> I, I, I said that. I agree with yeah, you. I, I don't, like Mary's question, I don't think there's a time frame. Like yeah. the quicker, the better, the longer, yeah. the better. Yeah. But I think, I do believe that the more you spend time in his presence, the least you want to leave. So Aww, like, um, I love that. Um, I, I feel like when you, when you <laughs> like maturity aside, I feel like when you spend time with someone and you enjoy and genuinely enjoy being around them, right, you're yeah. quick to like, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave early. I want to go spend time with God. I think yeah. that's, so I think it, it doesn't matter if it's a 10 minute prayer or a five hour prayer, prayer session. I think right. you just, the more you pray and you get to know God, the least times you want to, you know, get, yeah, be away from him. That is so And not good. only that, all the, all the worries and all the, you know, we, we, I think we sometimes give too much power over depression and anxiety. I know that exists, but I think we've just feed it too much. Even in the kingdom of God, we mention it too, too much. And I wish we could just eliminate that word because I believe a hundred percent, the more time you do spend with God in that quiet time, it, it, it's transforming. It changes you. His word, it renews your mind and you taking that choosing to turn around and allow God's word to transform your mind, transform your thinking, because it's a choice in the end of the day. It's a choice that we have to make to take captive every thought and to allow that truth to be, you know, allow the negativity to be replaced with the truth, what God, what God says. Right. And so, and it's that dwelling place, it's that dwelling time, that, that quiet time where you're able to meditate and you're able to pray and you're able to allow God, um, to come in and to begin changing you from the inside out and giving you his heart. On, on Tuesday I was at the shop and I was, well, of course I was at the shop. I was working. My boss is in the room. I was working. <laughs> and I was just talking to God and I found myself saying, amen. And then I went about working. And then all of a sudden I felt like the Lord stopped me. And he just said, he said, amen is not the end. So when you say amen, you almost feel like the conversation's over. Like you just stop praying and then you go about your day. Uh-huh. But the Lord just showed me, he's like, just because you said amen does not mean this conversation is done. Mm-hmm. 
But sometimes we treat it that way. We finish, okay, we finish praying. But then you go back to that verse, pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. And then when you look up what amen means, it's literally just you coming in agreement, saying, Lord, let it be according to your word. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So when we say that, I think subconsciously we think, okay, we prayed for the day. But really, we're just saying whatever we just talked about, God, I'm coming in agreement with you and your word. Mm. And then you continue the conversation. Mm -hmm. But that's something that the Lord showed me on Tuesday because I said amen. And I just kept I was doing something else. I like I stopped. And then that's when he stopped. And he's like, this, this isn't it. There's more. And I, I wanted to share that because that really stood out to me. And I was like, oh, forgive me. Yeah. Well, that, that go goes back to the mechanics. Yeah. Our mindset says when we say amen, we're done. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You know that's what I mean? So, yeah. so that's part of being mechanical, not so much let it be so. Yeah. You yeah. know, let it be according to your will because that's what it does, mm -hmm. you know, mean. But I want to kind of shift gears if that's okay. I want to see when was a time that praying got you through a difficult situation? Or when when was when would you say praying or when was there a time of prayer that you felt that you were this close to God? I could start. What? It would probably be like the first seven years of our marriage. You pray for seven years? No, I'm saying I'm <laughs> no, saying I'm during kidding, that season kidding. when we weren't doing good at all. Um, and I was still, I would say, because I was a new believer, I wasn't really like fully matured. So I didn't have, I didn't really have like, my, well, the person that was spiritually mentoring me had moved out of state, so I didn't have her. She was no longer, you know, here with us, but accessible. But um, it got to the point where I had no choice but to run to God and believe that God was going to hear me and help me through the time that I was going through. And I believe that it was through the prayer, that spending time with him in the middle of the night and during the day when the kids would be taking a nap to where I... I remember just, you know, it would be moments of crying, moments of groaning, moments of just talking to him, you know, moments of just praying, you know, in the spirit and just getting to that place where I just felt like I could touch him at any time. And I just remember him. I, I got to a place where that one verse you shared earlier about um, delighting in him. And it got, I, I believe that I felt that I felt like I was delighting in him, like he was satisfying me to the point where even though I was going through what I was going through, I don't know how to explain it, but to me it was supernatural. And I really believe it was because of experiencing that agape love in my life and allowing that to get me through day to day of what we were going through. But I, it was the, the, the praying, believe it or not, I think more than anything in combination with reading his word, because don't think I didn't read his word. I read it. I was reading it during the day. Like I said, I took my quiet time when the kids were napping and then I would do it in the middle of the night when everybody was sleeping. Um, and it, it got to that place where I felt like, well, not, not that I felt like I heard him every morning at three in the morning, he would wake me up by name. He would call me by my name. And I remember just getting out of bed and running to the living room. And it was just like sitting in my father's lap and him just ministering to me and talking to me and telling me everything is going to be okay. And it's almost like he's, how was your day? And I was like, I would just weep, you know? And he would just comfort me and hold me. 
And it was during those moments and those years in that season that he, it was definitely like the footprints in the sand where you, you know, instead of seeing two sets of footprints, there was only one. And it was because he was carrying me through that season the whole time. So. And what did it felt like when you were having those, the most intimate conversation during that time? What did it feel like? It was overwhelming. In other words, I'm kind of asking you to relive yeah. that right now. What 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 did that feel I like? I get emotional when I try to relive it. To be honest with you, words can't really describe it. It was just a love that would just show up in my room, in the house. And it was so overwhelming and so beautiful. It was a love to where it took my eyes off of myself and took my eyes off of my situation and my circumstances and put my eyes on him because I was just so in love. And it was just so beautiful. And it was just, it was something that just, I don't know, I just, words can't describe it. It was just so beautiful. And, um, and you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't think of anything else but just sitting in that and not wanting to leave and um yeah anybody else i'll go, go um there's many instances tony um where i have your question was that you felt prayer was being answered or what was no, the no, question when was the most intimate times of prayer you could recall whether you were going through something or he was just in the room and you knew that Hey, father's in this room and I'm good. So it, it there's many instances, but this one uh, stands out to me because if you know what it means to pray without ceasing, the moment that you need him, you know that he's there because of your prayers. So in this in uh, this situation, my sister got into a car accident in Texas, and I live here in California. <clears throat> and if she's listening, she'll she'll attest to this because of what happened. But I was told that my sister was probably not going to live. And if she did live, she wouldn't walk. They didn't know how bad her situation was because of the injuries she had. And I remembered that I had been listening to this pastor that someone had mentioned. I, I, every time somebody would mention a pastor, I would, mention, I would go and listen to them. And he had said something. He said, anytime you walk into any room and they tell you that a person is going to die, look at the room. He said, go in there and you see the room. Everybody's acting as if the person already died. He said, well, in this pastor, he said, I'm different. He said, I walk in there and I start talking to that thing. And I remember flying out there and I kept thinking and, and, and prayer kept coming. I just kept talking to God as I'm flying out to, to Texas. And I'm like, she's not going to die. My sister's not going to die. And I don't know where that came from, but it was me kept saying it. And when I walked into the room, exactly what I had heard was my two sisters and my auntie are in the um, waiting room and their heads are down and they look like the worst, has, the worst news that you could get, they just got. And I walk in there and I'm like, hey, so what's up, girls? And they're like, you didn't hear? And I go, yeah, I heard. And what I need you guys, if you're going to be sitting here, you're going to be worried. I need you to start praying. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, no, um, nothing's going to happen to her. And they go, you haven't heard? They don't think she's going to walk. And I said, oh, she's going to walk. I can tell you again, I don't know where that came from. And my sisters looked at me and my aunt too, and they're looking at each other like Mary's not accepting this. I walk into the room where my sister's at and her son's in there and 
he's crying and I say, um, mijo, he's, she's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. My sister is, uh, got, has something on her neck, that thing, so she doesn't move. And, and she just like looks at me, she's trying to mumble something. And I said, you're going to be fine. And she's looking at me and she's kind of wanting to shake her head. But when you're in that body cast, you really can't move. And tears just ran down her face. And I said, you're going li- to, you're going to live. You're not going to die. And I just and I said, and what we're gonna do right now, we're gonna pray. And I just get down on my knees and I start praying with her and I can hear her her son crying. And the doctors come in and they tell us, you know, you know, you guys have to prepare for the worst. And I said, No, we're not gonna prepare for the worst. We're not gonna do that. And that's what authority is. You talk to that thing. And when you have prayer in your life, when you have God in your life, I don't know how you know, but you just know that something big is happening. The very next day, my sister was supposed to go into surgery. The very next day, they come and take off uh, the neck brace. And they said, we don't know what happened, but there's nothing wrong with her spine. We actually think she can get up and walk. And she's obviously in a lot of pain, but there's nothing wrong with her. There's no, no broken bone, no broken spine. And I just stayed in the room with her and I kept, continued to pray. I continued to pray. And one, like two nights later, a nurse comes in and he said, we've had a couple more accidents like your sister. He said, it's crazy how common these accidents are. He said, but unfortunately they didn't make it. And I started praying I'm like, oh my goodness, for the families. And I had seen in the waiting room, but I'm too lost because of what's happening here. And he said, the only difference is that the person in this room hasn't stopped praying. And I knew in that moment God, you're here. My sister was supposed to be in the hospital. We don't even know how long, but they kept telling her she wasn't going to go home anytime soon. Three days later, she's being sent to rehab because they're going to teach her how to walk and move again. Mm-hmm. But um, she is up and walking. She has lived and she praises God all the time and says, I know prayer works because I'm living proof of it. So, That's so, good. so yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you guys? Well, I think for me, I, I, one of the, first instances instances I can remember when I really felt like not even that my prayer was going to be answered, but where I felt there was a connection where God was here and it was in the Sipes house. And we were, you know, like that, the closet we had was like a big walk-in and it always had like a mountain of clothes. <laughs> I would, I had locked myself in that room with all these dirty clothes. And I was like, I'm just going to pray. And I just sat quietly for like an hour and like about like two, like an hour and a half in, I just, I, well, I guess, no, prior to that, I was at Jess's uh, dad's, like Jess's house. And one of her cousins were talking about like, oh, God's never done anything for me. You know, why should I believe in him? Mm-hmm. And I was quiet. Like I was still, I was barely walking in my face. So I didn't know what to say, but I knew I felt hurt on God's behalf. Like, cause, cause I've seen like from the outside looking in, I'm like, I've seen God save you from mm-hmm. multiple accidents and you, yet you say God hasn't done anything. And he's been in like where he should have died. And he had the audacity to say, you know, God's never done anything for me. So I had kept it in the back of my head, went home, locked myself into the closet. And I had started uh, praying after like an hour, just trying to like quiet down. And I just started feeling like this trembling feeling. And I asked God, what do you feel right now? And I started breaking down. It was like one of the first times where... I was like God cracked open like um, like a centimeter of what he felt. I, I, I didn't think I could feel. I, I've never felt this way on my own. Like I've never been this hurt or like I guess sorrow or or I don't know what the word would be. 
where I just started weeping for this cousin on, on uh, behalf of what Jesus, uh, God was feeling towards him. And it was, it was a weird thing where I, I didn't know what to do. And I just started crying and I started weeping and like, it was audible, like almost like I, I lost a child, almost like that. Like where it's like, you're trying to scream at them through the window, like, Hey, I'm here. Let me in. And the door's firmly locked and he shuts the window in your face, like, like almost like that. That's what I, and so that's one of a few times. I think it's when those moments when God lets me feel what he's feeling, that's when I feel like, uh, the most sacred moments for me is when he lets me feel what he, what he's feeling, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. That's so good. Real? Um, I'm thankful to say I've had more than one. But the, the one that comes to mind is one that I always laugh about when I think about because it was one of the only times that this happened where the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and he was, he just wanted me to talk to him. So I got up and it was before because we have two living rooms in the house. And so now I've learned to come to the second living room because it's the farthest away from everyone. But at this, this, this night, the Lord was like, just, just walk around and pray. So I got in my room and I just started pacing the room and I started praying and I felt this like, I, I, it felt like he was walking right beside me. And so we're walking down the, the hallway. And at the time they were living, my brothers were all living at the house. And again, this was like at three or four in the morning. And I was just, I felt, it, it's funny because I literally felt like I could feel the Lord's heart for each one of my, my family members in the house. And so I just start praying. And when I tell you I was praying, I was praying so loud <laughs> I was like Lord I'm gonna wake them up and he's like just keep praying so I did and I'm like I'm touching the doors I'm like I'm making so much noise and then at one point I'm like after praying the Lord I'm, I know the Lord is like just delighting me so I grabbed my ukulele I start playing it again I'm so loud I was so loud and so I'm playing it around the house and I'm like, I remember it was when I had learned what amen had meant and I'm like, let it be according to your will. And I'm like, just playing. And I just felt this, it felt like I was in a bubble with just God and he was the only one who could hear me. So I'm praying and it, I probably prayed and worshiped for like an hour and a half. And then finally I felt the like, okay, I'm gonna go to bed. I go to bed, I wake up the next morning and I'm like, I go to my mom and I'm like, mom, I'm so sorry because I ended up going into the rooms. That's right. I ended up going to the rooms to kind of peek to see if they were awake. Yeah. They were knocked out like a light. And so I started asking like some of my family, like, Hey, did you hear me last night? No one heard a peep. It was, si and I was Mary, I was right outside their door. <laughs> like, like literally declaring the Lord's word and everything the Lord had put on my heart in that moment. I'm just saying it out loud. And I had faith that I could, I felt like I could move a mountain and I'm praying this over each of my family members. And it's, and I find it so wild and I laugh because I'm like, Lord, that was probably one of the loudest times I'd ever been. Mm -hmm. And no one could, it's like he literally covered their ears and plugged them. And, and I, and I knew that was supernatural. Cause I'm like, usually she would wake up and she's like, Mija, you okay? <laughs> But he let he let everyone stay asleep so I could have that Lord. that time with him. Yeah. But that's that's one of my like funniest ones that I think about. Mm. 
Because I'm like, I could have easily woken y'all up, you know? <clears throat> I've had a few of them as well that, like, really stand out. Um, man, this is always the one that I, I, I think I know I've shared it probably maybe a few times. But I probably the peak of the closest I've ever felt with God was in the first church we were in where I met my wife. Uh, we would have prayer meetings and the morning from like six to seven. And I would ride my bike from Imperial Beach all the way to the opposite side of Palm because that's where the church was. And we'd open up for prayer. And I was one of the guys that had the key to the thing or to the church. And that particular morning, nobody showed up. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And there was a part of me that was a little nervous just because I was by myself. And um, I said, okay. And it was almost that awkward feeling. Almost, Even though I've, I had a, a strong prayer life, I still felt awkward that it was just going to be me and God. And almost that first date thing. Um, so I turned around and I, w I was up at the altar because I would typically go bend over and pray over the altar. And I just got lost praying to him i always struggle with this story and i'm worshiping him and having a time with him and I, nothing else mattered <sighs> nothing and i got so lost i got so lost in him that i'm screaming at the top of my lungs raising my arms and then i felt like like he was, he was coming through the building, through the ceiling, coming down to sit and be with me. Right when I felt that heaviness that I've never felt before or after or ever since, that heaviness came, it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> it, I, it was a feeling I never felt, like I said, no fear in the world has ever given me this fear. But the fear that he actually came so close to me and then you hear stories or scriptures in the bible that says if you stand in his presence you're gonna die mm -hmm. that's the fear i was talking about that's how much it got me and i remember i got so scared got up and i didn't know how to even react i got up ran out of that church locked up that church <laughs> jumped on my 10 speed went straight to work and i'm like i don't know what that was but that was crazy oh. and I would have to say that, that that moment will forever mark my life on the time that God visited me. And to this day, the part that I, even though it was a blessing, there's a small part of me that feels like it was a curse. And why I say that is I felt like what would have happened if I would have stayed? What would have happened if I would have pressed in that another five minutes what that would have looked like what would my life look like today if i would have embraced that moment and not got so scared and left mm -hmm. so in my heart of hearts there's a longing to try to experience something similar to the uh, to that again but i i know that i know with everything inside of me that if that ever happens again it's like god I'm willing to die, but you stay here and do what you have to do or do what you were supposed to do back then. Because I feel like there was, there was that was one of those uh, paradigm shift, if you will, in my own walk with him that I'm like, man, 
there's so many what ifs because of that situation. And so at some point, I'm hoping that that something similar, I know, again, it won't be exact, but I'm hoping that that happens again in some way, shape or form. That's so good. And yeah, I just wanted to throw out there again, Tony, well, and Ida was community prayer and alone prayer. And I know that we've gone a while right now. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to close up. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and close up. And for the new listener, remember when it's hardest to pray, I read this somewhere, when it's hardest to pray, pray the hardest. And what does that mean? It means you just talk to God. Just let your heart, when you don't have the words, just let your heart talk to God. And prayer will, prayer will open doors that no man can shut. So we encourage you, everyone out there listening, if you've been serving all your life or if you just started, learn to pray. And pray doesn't have to be anything fancy. It just has to be you and God. Thank you so much for listening.